listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking with Lior Ohehan, and he's the founder and CEO of Scope Leads. Lior, thank you very much for taking time to be on the show today. Thank you for having me. I love to be here. So I've got to tell everybody out there, there's an interesting story as to how Lior and I got connected. His outreach to me was particularly creative, and we'll jump into that a little bit further in the show. But before we do that, we always like to start with that one question that provides some valuable insight into our audience about you. And when you look back over your career, was there a defining moment or an event that happened that provided insights that you continue to leverage today? And if so, what was it? Wow, that's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) My career has been pretty short, to be honest. It's only been four years now or five years now. And something I continue to leverage would probably be the importance of sales. I mean, it sounds like a generic answer, but I was actually a marketer in the beginning and I wasn't really doing much sales. So I was doing digital marketing for local businesses and things like that. And there's this concept in the industry called feast or famine. I'm sure you're aware of it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're either feasting, you have clients and then, and then a couple leave and then you're busy working on them. And then you just go into famine mode. Oh my gosh, I need more clients. And it's only really until I understood that you need to be consistent. Even when you're feasting on clients, you're, everything's going great. You need to be consistent with your sales that it started to click like, Oh, okay. Now I need to know my numbers. Now I need to know you know, how many calls to make or emails to send, things like that. So it was really focusing on the consistency there that I think completely shifted the way I think about B2B sales. Well, I mean, it's an interesting point, right? So for those, anybody who does their own thing or runs their own companies like we do, or, you know, you get a client and you get really focused on making sure that they're successful and it eats up all of your day. And you just sort of forget, you're like, Hey, I've got this good client. Things are going great. And then all of a sudden that engagement ends and you're like, well, crap, my pipeline (laughs) just dried (laughs) up. I've got nothing. So we see a lot of people struggle with that. And I'll be honest, it can be a challenge even for me. And man, that's the world I live in. So it's great to hear that. So I thank you for sharing that. Now let's talk about, so for the audience, I get this email that comes through on our website one day and it just says, Hey, interesting story. Now we all know I'm a sucker for a good story. And Lior shared with me this concept behind how they started the company and I wanted him to share it with you guys. So let's start there. Okay. Well, by the company, you mean the software company? Yeah. When you reached out, you were talking about, you know, Hey, I've got this wild startup and go to market story. (laughs) And so I, you know, I was dying to know more. I mean, it's a great hook. I mean, for anybody, I mean, just hit the curiosity circuit in the brain, right? Like, okay, well now I need to know what that story is. So yeah, let's start there. Yeah. Well, we are B2B cold emailers, right? So even (laughs) when it comes to getting on podcasts, we have to flex our creative muscles. But I started this software company called Scope Leads, and it's based on what I used to do before that, which was run a digital marketing agency of my own. And one thing I started to notice, you know, like a lot of my buddies were getting the software and things like that. And I realized, okay, the industry I know is, you know, on the phone selling digital marketing. What is lacking in that industry that can be turned into a software? And the answer was, automated prospecting. So there's a lot of prospecting tools out there. There's a lot of lead gen tools out there. 
and there's a lot of like email follow-up tools out there, but none of them are combined into one and none of them focus on digital marketing aspects. So I built this whole tool out, poured like all my money into a developer <laughs> in uh, February of 2016. And a lot of the listeners probably aren't familiar with the whole like internet marketing industry or IM for short. It's a bit different than digital marketing, but consists of people doing launches and affiliates coming on board and a whole lot of, you know, hype. And a couple of people I connected with were like, listen, you need to do one of these internet marketing launches if you're going to launch this software successfully. And I was like, okay, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> and things happen very, very rapidly. I got connected with one of the top affiliate managers. So he goes out and finds a bunch of people to promote on that like launch day, that launch week. I found a product manager who like managed everything from the website, the funnels, the, the designs, everything, the copywriting. So I had these two guys working with me and it was just this two to three month period of like absolute grinding and hype started to build up. You know, I didn't know anything about these launches. I just did things the way I thought would would do well. And a couple things happened. I mean, we had another really big marketer that said, okay, we're launching on the same day as you. So we're like, oh crap, we can't do this. All the affiliates <laughs> are going to promote that guy. So we actually ended up extending it by two months, which was amazing in the end of the day for us because we started to do private webinars with other marketers, their affiliate marketers. And that brought in like an extra like $200,000 in revenue just by doing those private deals to their audience without like a huge launch. So that was really, really important, like leading up to the, the main launch. And then the main launch also did another, I think, 250000 in about four days. So that was like a huge splash. I've never seen that much money before. <laughs> and I have this 5,000 users. I'm like, oh, now I have a massive startup that's like way past the growth stage. <laughs> now it's real. <laughs> exactly. It's real and you have customers and those customers are going to want support. They're going to want updates. They're going to want information. You're at the very beginning of what could be an amazing journey. So the other thing we started to talk about was cold emailing. And so I'm a big advocate of prospecting using a multi-channel approach and, and emails are one of them. You provided some stats as we were kind of going back and forth that I thought were pretty compelling. So I was wondering if you could kind of run through some of those stats or the results that you've seen and what your approach is to cold emailing. I'm trying to think back to the stats I sent you, but well, I used to do sort of what's like a warm email. Um, and, it, and that's because the way I originally found my prospects was on platforms that they would actually post that they needed help on. And this is something that a lot of people didn't do. So this would be like freelance websites and things like that. And so I would send them an email on there and it would just be like way, way easier to convert because they already showed interest. And then oh, when I started to build the software, I realized, okay, we can't use those platforms. We need to use email. And that's when I really started to get into all the plugins, all the tools. You can see when people open your emails, follow-ups, and and things like that. So I do this thing called Cold Demo Math, and we're in a podcast right now, so I can't really like share my screen. <laughs> but I have this built-out Excel spreadsheet that takes you through exactly what you need to know to have predictable sales. So you'll plug in your numbers, like what's your goal this month? Oh, you want $5,000 in new clients? Okay, so this is how many you have to speak to because your close rate is one in four. Okay. And then that works out to about 13 consultations every month or one consult every other day. 
Okay. And then how do you get one consult every other day? How do you convince one person to speak to you every other day? It's not that hard. And the answer is if you're like me and you send around 50 emails, you're going to get one person that's like, sure, let's get on the phone, you know, after all the follow-ups kick in. So 50, that means I need to send 666 emails over the month to get those 13 consults. Now that sounds like a lot, but really if you break it down per day, that's only 22 emails per day. Okay. So this whole spreadsheet is set up and then I can just like drag them all down. It shows like over six months, how much revenue I'm going to be making. And so, I mean, we can probably share this in the show notes too, uh, for people that want, but that'd be great. Yeah. So that's how I work with my numbers. And the beauty about using Excel or something like that is you can actually start to change your numbers. So if I share it with someone who knows he closes one in three, it'll calculate through throughout the rest of the the sheet and it'll say, oh, he needs to send, you know, maybe 17 emails, you know, not 22. And then he, maybe he charges more than $1,500 per client per month. So then he has to close less clients and speak to less people. So you play around, you tweak your numbers. And that's what I was saying at the beginning of the show. It's once you know your numbers and once you're consistent, you focus on sales, everything just becomes clear. You have a clear focus. You know what you need to do. Well, I mean, that's um, one of the beauties of sales, right? I mean, that was one of the things that attracted me to it. I started my career in marketing as well. And 48 hours after I got my MBA in marketing, I walked into the VP of sales office and said, hey, I've been working with your team for six years and I think I can do a better job. Uh, and, the, and the thing that was attractive was that it is, you can really do the math. If you know your numbers, do you remember the movie uh, 12 Monkeys with Brad Pitt? Right, everybody. No, I didn't see it. You haven't seen that one? Uh, so there's a scene in there where Brad Pitt's, he's mentally ill, and he's talking about you need to know your meds. You need to know your meds. you got to stay on top of your meds. It's a really funny scene. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the, in the show notes. But it stuck with me because it's one of the things in sales. You always need to know how much effort you need to put in in order to generate the results that you want. And many people don't take the time to work backwards. We work with clients to do very similar things that you were talking about at a little bit larger scale. But once those reps or those managers start to see, wow, my team needs to do X number of calls, X number of emails, X number of outreaches to get this number of meetings, which then convert, and then they can test the content or the messaging that they're using at each point. It's a very powerful tool in terms of keeping people focused. I really like that. Yeah. And I was just thinking as we're talking, that could be something that we actually build into like the dashboard of the software based on, you know, the stats that it pulls. It's like, oh, these are your numbers. Keep sending this many emails. Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, that awareness, it's really hard in B2B sales sometimes to stay focused on the grind portion of it. It's first and foremost, it's the first thing that most people don't want to do, right? So nobody wants to grind it out. You want, you know, sales reps have happy ears. So you, you think you hear a deal, you want to chase that. But I think to your point, consistency is key, uh, you know, and especially if you're in a services business and you want to keep the ups and downs, the fluctuations to a minimum, I think it's critical. I'm a big fan of predictable revenue, though, like that style of the sales reps not even doing all this grinding that was his sales development rep is. So true. They're doing the cold emails, cold calls, and they're the ones who are the real heroes in the story. <laughs> yeah. And, and often overlooked, often exactly. overlooked. So when it comes to being successful with email, give um, for our audience, what are the top three takeaways you, you want them to walk away from this podcast with? top three takeaways. The first is don't include your website in your first email. And the reason for that is people will click in, they'll check you out and they'll be like, nah, it's not for me. And they'll make a decision for themselves. If you include your website, they're just going to go ahead and check it out. So try to get them on the phone curious without them knowing too much. 
Excellent. Another good takeaway is don't beg or be salesy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see this. I mean, I have access to all of our, you know, users and see their, their templates and stuff. And it's just like essays of like explaining why they should work with them and don't do that. It sounds like you could make it work if you are a really good writer and you, you know, capture the person's attention. It's going to backfire. Just keep it really short and sweet. And the third, that leads me to the third takeaway, which is call to actions. So a lot of people won't even end with a call to action and they'll just be like, I hope you're interested or (laughs) let me know, you know, and even like, let me know is a call to action, but maybe you got to be more specific. And I think if you remember the the email that uh, we sent you, it was like, let me know like when you're available to speak this week or they got to be a little bit more specific. Um, Those are top three, I'd I'd say, um, besides for, of course, like testing and things. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So let's change direction a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions towards the end of each interview. First is simply, as a CEO, that makes you a prospect for other sales professionals. So I'm sure you're getting emails or calls all the time, right? Somebody wants to sell you something, find out about, you know, scope leads, something like that. So when somebody you don't know that you don't have a relationship with is attempting to get your attention and and gain credibility, what's the most effective way to do that? Okay. This is something that I see debated in the internet marketing industry specifically because the only way to really get someone to promote your product, your future launch as an affiliate is to ask them, right? And a lot of this happens on Facebook. This is where most of us hang out. And there's a big debate on whether or not you should just DM the person and be like, hey, I'm doing launch. I think you'd be a great fit. And then getting straight to the point versus whether or not you should like, provide value first, make a relationship, try to you know, ask them if they need anything. And there really is a split here. And I'm curious to hear your, your take too, but I think I'm on the camp where it's like, just be straight up, just get to the point, what, what do you want? I seem to be a little bit more inclined to answer someone if they sing a little bit of praise <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> Flatter, it'll get you everywhere. <laughs> it, it like works, you know, the guy like, oh, you know, you've, you've, your blog is awesome. You helped me with this and that. And I'll be like, okay, okay. Or he'll say he's a customer. It'll in a way where it's like not needy, which comes back to like, don't beg or be salesy. Uh, Cause the moment the person's like, I need you to, to do this, or this is going to be a huge opportunity for you. You can tell that they want it more than like making it seem that it's better for me to promote it. You know what I mean? So make it, if you make it seem like there's more in it for me or only focus what's in it for me, you know, my audience is going to love it or, you know, there's a lot of money to be made or whatever, whatever it is, then I'm more likely to be, to listen than just hearing how awesome your your product is. <laughs> Talk about the person that you're targeting, not yourself first, right? And that's requires a little bit of homework. And we hear that a lot, right? A lot of the executives that we've talked to uh, over the last year, over the last 70 some odd episodes, talk about, you know, if you know who I am, if you've done enough homework and you understand the problems I face and you send something short, sweet to the point, you're much more likely to get a response or leave a voicemail like that than if you just, you know, start talking about, hey, this is the coolest thing since sliced bread. You really need to take a look. <laughs> all right. Make it about them. So, all right. Perfect. So last question, we call it our acceleration insight. There's one thing you could tell sales, marketing, or professional services people, one piece of advice that if they listened, you believe would help them be more effective and achieve their goals. What would it be? Focus. Focus, focus, focus. Don't waver. I mean, 
in sales, there's not that much going around. Like there's no like shiny object syndrome, but there are a lot of courses or new methods and things like that. I think it just comes down to focus. If you hit your numbers every day, if you do the same thing over and over again, eventually it just becomes a matter of charging more for your product, getting better at closing, and just getting more referrals. So if you focus on like just doing the work, you'll be successful. You'll see the results. You'll see the results. All right, perfect. Lou, if listeners interested in talking more about scope leads, finding out more about what you're doing or talk about the topics we touched on today, best way to get in contact with you? Uh, yeah, my blog, scoperush.com. And that's where I blog about sales stuff like this. And you can contact me there as well. Excellent. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you. I love it. All right, everybody. That does it for this episode. Check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share the episode with friends, families, coworkers. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes. And until next time, we at Value Prime Solutions wish you nothing but the greatest success. Even if you've been in sales for decades, new technology, new buyers, and new dynamics create challenges your team may not be ready for. Value Prime Solutions enables you to focus on sales, on the prospects and customers, not the noise. And the sales framework you implement with them is simple, scalable, and proven. Check out valueprimesolutions.com and ask how they can help you beat your target. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.